Hi, everyone. Welcome. It's This is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity Health of New England. I want to welcome you all tonight and thank you for joining me. Um, we are really excited to do this program tonight. We are doing so many things at Trinity Health of New England, expanding our services and expanding our services not just in the local community, but branching ourselves out regionally, which is why we have become a regional system. And that allows us to bring together the best of the best, um, have them bring their great minds together and create these regional programs so that we can service patients in a larger, vast area. And we're very excited tonight to bring in two of those physicians to speak with us. Um, and I am going to start off by introducing both of my physicians, um, um, and then I will kind of call on them one at a time because by doing that, we'll try to keep the two of them. Johnny, did you lose my doctors? Just one of them. Which one? St. Francis. <laughs> okay. So we have boss. poor, oh, I lost my boss. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk. Bad fingers. Uh oh. So let's tell them. We had to tell poor, poor Dr. Fatahi to call back in. Um, we are going to be talking about our neurology services and how we can provide neurology services uh, regionally. And I am going to start because we just got him back, thankfully. You're lucky, Johnny. I went, Dr. Fatahi wouldn't sign my paycheck. I don't know. <laughs> so we <laughs> first I'm going to introduce Dr. Puya Fatahi. He is our regional chair for neurology for Trinity Health of New England. Um, he's been a neurologist here in the greater Waterbury area for a very long time. How long, Dr. Fatahi? Oh, I think at least for the past nine to ten years. Nine to ten years. So I've known you that long already. <laughs> Yeah, and it Absolutely. and it did and 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 I I am pretty honored to say that we've had a great relationship, and I am so excited that you and I are now both part of the same system. Absolutely, absolutely, and I always to every I'm here not only because the Trinity is offering um, a great service to the patient, great value, but also because of your persistence. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm glad to hear that, but I know quality when I see it. And um, you also had a very big heart, which is two things that has always been St. Mary's Hospital. And I know all of Trinity Health of New England. Those are the two qualities that we love to see in our providers. And, you know, not only are you our regional chair for neurology, but you also provide oversight um, and help us guide the expansion of our program and our service line for neurology within the five hospital system which is a really big job because we spread from here to Hartford all the way up to Massachusetts. So we've given you a huge job, but I think you're ready for the undertaking. Absolutely. I love talent. Yes, you love a talent. And before we talk about that, it's a great challenge. And before we talk about the program, I want to um, introduce our other physician that's on with us. And then I'm going to come back to Dr. Fatahi and have him talk a little bit about the regional program. So now I want to introduce Dr. Varish Kumar. Hi, Doc. Hi, how are you, Robin? I am great. So now Dr. Kumar and I have recently met because he's newer to Trinity Health of New England, and he serves as our medical director of the epilepsy. He's also our director of clinical neurophysiology lab, and you're also the attending neurologist at St. Francis Medical Center in Hartford. And additionally, you're providing epilepsy and EG services at St. Mary's. So we have you busy now. 
Yes, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we have you incredibly busy. And some of the things that you and I will talk about is that epilepsy center um, that you've been developed that you've been developing and, and making a regional um, mm-hmm. piece for servicing our patients. And then we're also going to talk about epilepsy a bit and, and some more services that um, we're looking to grow together. So I'm going to jump back now to Dr. Fatahi. Now, Dr. Fatahi, Dr. Kumar said he can't hear you. I can hear you, but he can't hear you. Yeah, I think it, that's the joy of uh, doing things post-COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, using the phone and everything, yeah. you know. But, uh, I, you know, I know I think probably both of us, when we talk, uh, our voice won't be as strong as when, you know. Right. I can hear you good. So that's a good thing. Perfect. I Perfect. can hear you Perfect. well. So, you know, when we when you started here um, as part of the medical group, I know we definitely had a vision for what neurology could be. And, you know, maybe can you explain a little bit about neurology and what neurology is? Absolutely, absolutely. So as a neurologist, we see patients with a variety of conditions, right? We have patients that have headaches, neck pain, low back pain, migraine, vision changes, goes all the way to patients having stroke, epilepsy, a seizure, having multiple sclerosis. So um, as far as a neurologist, when we train, we are adapt to see a variety of different conditions. And obviously we will all subspecialize, or most of us will subspecialize, including Dr. Kumar, for example, he's done epilepsy. So you are going to be great at one thing, but you're gonna also be very good at everything else. Right. This is what we've been looking, and we've been hiring uh, neurologists that are fantastic at one subsection of this field, but also as a whole, they are more than happy to see any patient with any neurological condition. Because I think when we look at neurology in its in its previous state, maybe I'm going to say five years ago, we were limited in this area because we didn't really have all the complements of the services. So you, like you said, you were doing little bits of everything, but you know, you want to be able to have that more focused approach. That's correct, and that's great. And we've been lucky by hiring a lot of the new physicians in the past year to achieve that. Right now, Dr. Kumar is going to bring his expertise of epilepsy not only to St. Francis, but also to the Waterbury area. We're going to have another doctor who's going to start very soon, who's going to be able to see patients with movement disorder at both both places, and we're hopefully to be able to expand at some point to Massachusetts, another neurologist who's going to be uh, starting in the next three months, he will see patients with neuromuscular disorder. Mm. I have another neurologist who's going to see patients with uh, in, uh, pain management for pain wow. management. So any patient with neck pain, back pain, that they really don't need surgery, right. he's going to be able to see them and treat them, not only with injections, but also uh, you know, with medications, physical therapy, and a slew of other complementary services that we can offer. And as you know, we have the Mandel Center, which is a phenomenal center that has been in Waterbury for the past two to three years. And, and the patients uh, that are seen at Mandel Center, they're benefiting not only by their subspecialists of neurologists that are there, but also by the physical therapy, occupational therapy, and other services that are provided to them at uh, Mandel Center. And you know, it's as, as I've 
been meeting with um, both you physicians and actually, you know, with your business manager now, Matt Farr, even as a nurse, I feel like I'm constantly learning. And I think neurology is really one of those fields that patients in the community and in general don't realize how many things neurology touches, how many opportunities there are for treating patients with different disease processes. And a couple of the ones that you just mentioned, I definitely want to come back to um, as we go on tonight to talk about what they mean, uh, you know, when we talk about movement disorders, when we when we talk about those patients with headaches and with pain, um, what that means and what that'll look like moving forward. Because I think that will help us describe the type of programs we're looking to put together. And it's very exciting. And to know that we've brought so many physicians together to provide us with this full encompass of treatment and a regional program. Correct, correct. And I want to emphasize on some things that we work collaboratively. That's the beauty of neurologists, that we, even though, let's say, I might see a patient for whatever condition, if I feel that that patient is better served by a patient with a sub, by a subspecialist like Dr. Kumar, you know, we will refer that patient. And we, me and Dr. Kumar, we have an excellent working relationship, which essentially it could be used as a role model to to all the specialists out there. And and this this is going to be a very good, a positive thing for not only the community but also for the entire region. Yeah, and. I- I love it. You know, I my role, too, has changed a bit, and I work regionally. So I'm getting to know the physicians in all the markets. And knowing that I have all of you, and as you grow, to be able to have the connection with, because that's one of the biggest things physicians are always saying to me, help me get this patient into a neurologist. Help me get this patient into a neurologist. And now we're going to be able to provide that with our larger team. Absolutely, absolutely. Time, timely access to neurology, that's something that is a problem throughout the United States, actually throughout the world, I should say. Is but there I a shortage, you know, Doc, of neurologists out there? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a huge shortage, and there's data out there that by 2030, there's going to be over 30% shortage of neurologists, meaning that patients will have to wait even longer than what wow. they are right now. Wow. Doctor, that won't be here. Hopefully yeah. that won't be here. Yeah, We're working on it. <laughs> Absolutely, we're making it grow, Doctor Kumar. I want to. I want to welcome you. This is your first Thank time you. doing radio with us, Doctor Fatah. He's an old hat. He's done. He's done this with me before, and you'll know we'll have you on more. So you you can't escape just one time with me. Thanks, Robin. So, you know, you are incredibly gifted. You know, I, I'm so impressed by you. I've I've only had the opportunity to be with you a few times to bring you out to meet with my physicians, and I'm very impressed um, with your knowledge and with your passion for treating your patients, and I definitely want to get to the Epilepsy Center. But I guess what I would ask you is, I just mentioned to Dr. Fatahi, what drew you to neurology? As we know, there's a shortage out there. What drew you to do neurology? Oh, uh, that's very kind, uh, Robin. Thank you. Well, it's a long story. When I was, I guess I was seven or eight, hmm. uh, my elder brother, who's four years elder to me, um, he had an accident and he was paralyzed, neck down, oh. uh, in, a, in a matter of, uh, he was 18 and he was paralyzed. And in, in two minutes, he was a different person and he couldn't move a muscle. 
um, and then he was hospitalized in ICU for three or four months and then um, he came out of ICU it was a miracle and maybe his age um, but um, it was a long stay in hospital and I had to go see him and meet all the neurologists and neurosurgeon uh, huh. surgeons so I think that's where I, I was drawn towards neurology and, and actually after that came medicine <laughs> yeah. so I was drawn to neurology to begin with at a very <laughs> young age so I think um, he's doing great now and oh, well, uh, it was great. a blessing yeah wow. well that's yeah, a, that's for, an incredible story what a right. journey yes <laughs> and you know your your pedigree is immense so you know I would ask you why Trinity um, Northeast pretty much uh, I did all my training uh, in Northeast and um, uh, just a little bit of background I did my residency uh, in neurology from Rutgers New Jersey Medical School uh, that's four years and then this was followed by a fellowship in EEG um, in Albert Einstein uh, Montefiore Medical Center in New York and then I went down south to Georgia Atlanta for Emory uh, to Emory University for a second fellowship in epilepsy um, but uh, before that I did everything here in Northeast mm-hmm. and when I interviewed in Trinity I, I saw this great opportunity uh, to build something very new and very unique and to provide the service uh, and build the department or sub-department, especially epilepsy, from uh, from you know very basic level to make it a comprehensive epilepsy center, and that's what um, brought me here to reality. That's incredible. So I'm glad that you you led down that road just now with me because now that gives us the opportunity to a piece I wanted to talk to you about, which is the development of the epilepsy center. So let's talk about. First, what is epilepsy? Right. So um, epilepsy, uh, if a patient has more, two or more of seizures, or they have a tendency to have more more seizures, it's called epilepsy. And then you'll ask, what's a seizure? A seizure uh, is caused by abnormal electrical activity in the brain. And uh, we have seen on TV, you know, uh, a a person can have a convulsion, can pass out, or they can just behave strangely. So that's a seizure. So if they have this tendency to have seizures, that's called epilepsy. Or in layman term, recurrent seizures, that's epilepsy. Mm. So what? So what causes it? So there's so many causes. Uh, what we call etiologies. Um, uh, as at at very young age, if there is uh, disturbance in the neural network and the neurons, if they're not wired properly, then they start having seizures. At around uh, later age, uh, with strokes or structural lesions in the brain, then patients or people can start having uh, seizures. I've seen that with stroke patients where if they have a bleed in the brain mm. and then the blood is absorbed, they could have a seizure just based on the brain kind of reshifting itself into that open space. Have you, is that true? Oh, that's very common to see. Blood is a very, um, uh, what we call epileptogenic. Uh, so that means uh, it has this uh, irritating character, uh, especially when it's on the surface of the brain, and uh, it causes seizures. And even after it resolves, it can leave a scar on the surface of the brain, and be, uh, our patients can start having seizures. So what? why an epilepsy clinic center? What what will that help? What will that provide for our patients? So, uh, as Dr. Fatahi was talking um, ten minutes ago, neurology is so subdivided, and especially epilepsy is a big branch in neurology. Uh, with fellowships, uh, 
we get trained to identify and come up with a very comprehensive approach for, to manage seizures and epilepsy. And, um, and that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, with a comprehensive epilepsy center, we can provide EEG services, which is a diagnostic tool um, to detect what type of seizures, where they're coming from in the part of the brain. Uh, and we have different types of uh, EEGs. Um, and it, it ranges from a routine EEG to home studies. And also, we bring the patient in what we call epilepsy monitoring units to study the seizures uh, so we can tailor the medications uh, for our patients. Um, and for that, we, we need a comprehensive um, epilepsy center. So um, what, is, what is your current state with the epilepsy center development? So uh, right now, uh, for the last six months I've been here um, at St. Francis, we have um, worked really hard day and night. We have improved our EEG services, um, and we, we are providing ambulatory EEG services, and we have uh, the other counterpart, ICU EEG, um, which is up and running. Now we can provide 24-7 EEG services. If a patient comes in overnight, we can have the patient on EEG and monitor to see if they're having seizures. Um, and the last piece is epilepsy monitoring unit. Uh, as I was saying, we bring a patient in and admit them to study the seizures and then change the medications or see if they need a surgery to control these seizures. Right. Um, so that's that's a work in progress. So and someone is monitor. So someone's yeah. monitoring them overnight. Oh, t- uh, yeah, yes. For twenty, right. we're usually a twenty-four hour. That's right. Yeah. So kind of like a sleep study is what it reminds me of. It's more than that. Usually, uh, on an average, uh, when we bring a patient for this epilepsy monitoring mm-hmm. unit study, they uh, they stay anywhere from three to five days. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so they stay a longer period time. of time. Right. Because right. you may not catch it in 24 hours, right? Exactly. So we wait for that seizure so that we can study where exactly they are coming from uh, and uh, because we need to know um, for a good medication trial or regimen, uh, we need to know where the seizures are coming from. And is this new, I mean, because honestly, I mean, I've been a nurse a very long time. I've never heard of this type of monitoring. Is this something new or is this something we just didn't do in our area in, you know, in, in the North, in this area in Trinity? Uh, I don't think it's new. Um, I think we just didn't have it yet. Right. We but, didn't have uh, it yet, <laughs> but now we do. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's so important. And yes. when, when a patient when you monitor that patient and, and you evaluate that patient, the medications, how, what is the success rate for patients after a really good monitoring like that? I'm sure the medication is, is much more tailored to what you're seeing. So That's su- right, yeah. Um, well, I can put a percentage on what's the success rate. Right. Um, it's uh, different from person to person, patient to patient. Mm. Uh, But what we try to do is to pick the right, we have 25 medications for seizures. Uh, With this monitoring, we pick the right medication, which is appropriate for that patient for the seizures they're having and try to uh, limit the side effects as much as possible. And also sometimes we 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 don't know if it's a seizure or something else until we um, bring the patient in, uh, put them on an EEG, and exactly capture the event. Now, when you know when you're we're treating these patients and you know you give them medication, is there, you know, how long does it usually mm-hmm. last for the patient? Can patients 
what changes where a medication would need to be altered, I guess, is a, probably a better way to put it. You know, would it be age of the patient, time goes on, and they need to go on to a different medication? Is it, you know, just based on, on I know, life experiences, weight, anything like that? So what would cause us to have to switch the medication? Um, well, it's pretty wide. Yeah. Uh, number one, they may be on a medication or two, they still continue to have seizures. Maybe not exact same number, but they still continue to have seizures. But the goal is zero seizures. Mm -hmm. So we try to bring them in, uh, maybe change the medications to put them on a medication so that they're not going to have any more seizures. Uh, sometimes uh, the medication is working fine, but after six months or a year, the medication efficacy, what we call, uh, right. comes down, and okay. then we bring them in. And you bring them back in. Yeah. Now, this our epilepsy center clinic is going to be expanding, and you're bringing that to the St. Mary's area too, correct? That's right. Yes. So right now um, we have a dedicated epilepsy clinic here in St. Francis, but uh, pretty soon in three or four weeks uh, I'll be there in St. Mary's. Wow, that's that fast. That's great. Yes. That's yes. great. One other thing I wanted to ask you about epilepsy, because I found this to be interesting. Is there ever any time that we'll do epileptics, uh, surgery on epilepsy? Oh, yes. Um, uh, we, it's estimated that one-third of our patients, we can't really control seizures just on medications, and they're labeled as medically um, resistant uh, mm -hmm. seizures. So yeah. those patients, we evaluate them um, to see where exactly, uh, even advanced EEG monitoring, um, what we call stereotactic EEG, um, and we, we bring it down, oh, exactly this is where the seizures are coming from. We try to do that, and then um, then these patients will undergo surgery. So it targets the exact area where it's happening, and you can actually target that area exactly. in surgery and, and mm -hmm. intervene. That's right. So sometimes we see patients who undergo surgeries, and right. they become seizure-free, wow. and they don't need to take the medications for wow. lifelong. Wow, that's, real. that's incredible. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. All right, now... See, I told you guys I was going to be the traffic control cop here. I want to yeah. go back to Dr. Fatahi. I want to make sure you didn't fall asleep on me over there. No. <laughs> it's incredible stuff. I cannot believe you are amazing because I know you're the quarterback of the team. So this is incredible that we're putting this all together. And I don't want to be, and I, you know, we didn't talk about this earlier when when we did our pre-show, but you know, we've done some incredible work um, regionally. But I know specifically here at St. Mary's because I've worked with you so long on our on our stroke center of excellence, and I know that you know we, you, and your team are incredibly involved um, in assisting and diagnosing our stroke patients. And so you, maybe you want to speak to that just a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Would, you know, since the last time that we talked uh, specifically about stroke, you know, their guidelines have changed and actually have opened our hands to treat more patients. Wow. So what do I mean by that? So, you know, when a patient experiences stroke, we have four and a half hours to administer the medication called TPA from the time that the patient's had the sudden, the sudden onset of those changes. Now, some of those patients, you may need to do something called mechanical thrombolysis. So basically, you have to go through the groin and be able to uh, go and fish the clot 
mm. out of the brain. You know, sounds kind of crazy, but it is actually a very cool procedure. Wow. And we were in the past limited to only eight hours from the time of onset. Now that has expanded to 24 hours. So we're able to treat even more patients using this technology. Wow. And if any of our patients present to St. Mary's, to Mercy, Johnson Memorial, St. Francis, those patients, first we're going to triage them and triage them and see do they need or qualify for the medication called TPA that can be given right away. And then we'll do a certain type of special CAT scan to look to see is there any block in the blood vessel. If there is, then we'll send it to St. Francis. And over there, they'll be able to use uh, the technology, again, mechanical thrombolysis, to go in and try to remove the clot. And this, is, this has been a game changer, just because we've been able to expand uh, the patients uh, that we were able to treat at any given moment. Wow. And as you know, Robin, it's not only the acute phase that counts, but also what happens afterwards, right? Right. Trying to figure out why did this stroke happen in the first place? What can we do to prevent that from happening? And also focusing on rehab, you know? I feel like everybody gets always excited about the stroke, and we don't talk much about rehab, but the rehab starts the day that they present to the hospital, and it's so important. I cannot stop emphasizing that, because that's what gets the people their movement, their life back is not yeah. only the medication, but also the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, the speech pathologist. Those are all people that are helping the individual, the patient that suffers stroke, to be able to get back to normal, as much as normal as we can get them. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I mean, you know I lived it, Dr. Fatahi, so you know that this is passionate to me. Um, but I think that we've come such a long way from the time, you know, this happened to my husband 15 years ago that I look now and I wonder if his his life would have be different, you know, right now. But I do know that we learn as we go. And I think the progress that we have made is incredible. You're correct. You're correct. Absolutely. And, and I am I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Right. And therapy is such a huge, huge, huge piece to this. And you're right. And I think that, but I think long ago too, they used to give patients timelines and say, well, if you don't get it back within the first month, you're not going to get it back. And we don't do that anymore. That's right. Because we learned that not every patient is the same, right? Right. If we are, we are, we are born with different codes in our DNA, right? So right. the same, same token, each of us can improve at, a, at our own pace. Right. And, you know, I do think, too, and and I've seen this for sure, that, you know, sometimes what we focus on on and what is the most important to us, that's what you're going to get back. That's correct. You know? And, you know, the the sheer will, though, is very important. Yes. uh, When I see patients uh, post-stroke in the office, we don't only talk about their stroke and everything, but uh, we just say, how are you doing, you know? How are you feeling? You know, just, you know, we kind of have to talk about the emotional side because if you have patients with depression, guess what? The patient that is depressed is not going to follow through with all the recommendation that is given by physical therapy. So it's very important for us to treat that depression. And that's when we use, you know, um, uh, different techniques. And also we, we ask the primary care doctors or psychiatrists to help us mm-hmm. treat the depression for that individual. And we've seen great improvement in their overall strength by taking care of their depression and anxiety. It definitely is a team approach, which I'm learning more and more about neurology. 
You know, there's so many different right. players that you bring in. And as we talk about this expansion of our services, and you mentioned that beginning of the program that we're going to be bringing in new physicians for certain aspects of neurology, things that we were never able to do before or were able to do in a more limited role because you've had so many other um, patients coming to you either with stroke or migraines, but pieces like move disorders and pain, I think that's incredible. Can you speak more to the movement disorders? Absolutely, absolutely. There are a lot of patients that we see that have Parkinson's disease. Mm. Or they have, let's say, other conditions such as multisystem atrophy, and uh, or they have a slick syndrome, right? <clears throat> they have, as you know, they have different spectrums. So a patient can come in and have just a little tremor, and not a big deal. You give medication, they do well. But then there are patients that have pretty severe Parkinson's disease, yeah. and those patients will benefit from a multi-system um, uh, approach. So not only the neurologist that is gonna manage them, but also the physical therapies, the speech therapies, the occupational therapies. So the same model as we do have right now for stroke and for multiple sclerosis, we're trying to expand that to the movement disorder. Wow. So when patients come in and see the movement disorder specialist, not only they'll have optimization of their medication, but also they can develop a treatment plan of how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna manage this? I always talk to the patients, my patient with Parkinson, that medication is only part of the solution. The most important thing for those patients is movement. They need to move. They need to be able to be active. You know, the, the, you know it's one of those things that you lose it. If, if, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Right? Right. This is exactly for patients with movement disorder, Parkinson's disorder. They need to be able to be seen regularly. They need to be able to take the medication properly, but also they need to have a correct plan for physical therapy and speech therapy. And that's what we're, we're excited to be able to start provide this summer. You know, when I was in nursing school and we learned about Parkinson's, we attributed Parkinson's to someone older, you know, someone that as they were getting older. But, you know, as we saw with Michael J. Fox, I know he's probably the most popular person that we know that's been the advocate. Younger people get Parkinson's disease. Right. That's right. That's right. So thankfully, um, you know, the frequency of that happening is not as, as much, mm. but you're correct. And I've seen as young as 40 years old in my wow. own practice. Wow. So the key is awareness, right? Michael J. Fox has done fantastic uh, with, his, uh, with his foundation and right. getting the word out. And people recognize that. It's, it's so funny. Anytime I see a patient who's 20 years old or nine years old. As soon as I bring Michael J. Fox in, they're like, oh, I know. I know what you're talking about. So he's been a, a very good role model, yeah. you know, for patients to know, hey, you know, this is not all loss. You know, there are things that can be done. He's doing a, a tremendous, um, you know, really benefit to the humanity with this foundation and to be able to found, found uh, fund a lot of these um, um, clinical trials and medications out, out there. And since we're talking about clinical trial, I want to put a plug for the clinical trial. So one of the beauty of having a a different uh, subspecialist available to us regionally, Dr. Kumar, Dr. Sangani, who's going to start for movement disorder, is going to have, it's going to be to have dedicated clinical trials. Wow. So right now at our office, we have dedicated clinical trials for imaging for patients with Alzheimer's dementia, which will start in the next month or two. 
we're going to be able to provide the same thing for patients with movement disorder, for epilepsy. So these are either imaging or therapies that you cannot get uh, using your insurance or, or just uh, is not available. Right. It's only available in a clinical setting. So I'm very excited about being able to do that for our patient, not in not only at Waterbury, but regionally in Connecticut and Massachusetts. That is so awesome because when you look at clinical, clinical trials, that is how we learn. That is how we get the best of the best. And not having that at our fingertips, we're missing opportunities. And I tell you, a lot of patients are excited, and they want to do it. And they tell me, you know, if I, let's say, get the medication and improve, great. If not, or if I get the placebo, I don't improve, that's okay. I contributed to this. I'm proud of this. I'm proud that I'm, I'm able to push the knowledge forward just bit by bit. So... So I, I really thank them when, when they do participate in any of these trials. We've done trials for medication for MS about three years ago. That we were happy that we're part of that, and that medication has just been approved a few months ago. And a lot of our patients that have been on that trial, they're very excited about that. Same thing for, for Botox and other, other conditions that we've done. A lot of the little clinical trials, and we're part of a bigger center and now it's approved when the patients come back and see me they're like hey you remember we did this few years ago right so this is this is interesting times good times and you you know you also mentioned um the specialist for neurology that that will be joining us that focuses on pain and pain management I've never, I've never realized that you would ha- could have a neurologist focusing on that. What does that look like for you as neurologist? Yes, this is this is a, a, a very interesting um, field right now. You know, as neurologists, we we were the ones that we all, always identify where's the problem, right? And we try a few things here and there, and then we will say, okay, you need to see somebody else to now to manage that. So with having a neurologist not only be able to identify where the problem is, but actually go on, go after the problem with either injection or tre- different treatment modalities, we are able to be more efficient. And instead of the patient now waiting another three months to see another specialist, they'll be able to see that person, the same person that has been helping them all along and being able to manage by that physician. So these patients can have a simple injection as a triggering point in the injection or injection done under under x-ray or fluoroscopy. Wow. So these patients, they could have neck pain, they could have low back pain, or they could have, you know, after trauma, they'll have arm pain, leg pain, things like that. Our interventional uh, pain management will be able to help them. That is really exciting. That it's so exciting to see these programs grow regionally and that you are working together to put the team together is, I mean, it's just really, you know, groundbreaking, I think, in this area for us. Yes, absolutely. We're very excited about it. Definitely. All right, Dr. Kumar, you sat long enough. I'm bringing you back in. <laughs> sure. So, um, one of the things that I know that you're also passionate about is the chronic migraines and what you are doing to develop a program to manage patients um, with chronic migraines. So maybe you want to speak a little bit to that and what the future looks like. Sure. Um, We all have had a headache uh, in a lifetime, right? And there are various types of headaches. Uh, It can be uh, simple headaches and tension headaches, sinus headaches, medication overview headaches, uh, but migraine headaches, um, it's 
Not too common, but the second most common. We have tension headaches, and after that, we have migraine headaches. Um, and we see this a lot uh, in my practice and every single neurology practice. Um, with, with migraines, there are various uh, treatment modalities. We have when, when when our patients come with headaches, we, we ask how many days they have these headaches. If they're less than 15, we have a different modality of treatment. More than 15 days a month, we have different um, modality of uh, treatments. Uh, when it comes to chronic uh, migraines, uh, we have... Um, different approaches and what I'm trying to do um, I established a headache clinic here in St. Francis every Thursday uh, it's a little bit different uh, in that in, in the sense we'll have a multidisciplinary approach to treat chronic migraines uh, we'll have a neurology which is me and uh, our colleagues uh, will be providing medications to treat these chronic migraines there are various types of um, uh, medications we can try and uh, we'll see which is which medication is going to work for which patient and um, I also do and we have other providers uh, we do Botox injections for chronic migraines uh, which has been authorized for uh, patients with migraines more than 15 uh, headache days per month um, so that's neurology piece, but there are various other uh, subspecialties and specialties and departments that can help uh, these patients with headaches. So number one, integrative medicine, mm. um, acupuncture, massage, and yoga. Uh, we are collaborating with uh, integrative medicine here at St. Francis, um, and we'll have physical therapy to help us uh, with the most common type of headache, tension headaches, and physical therapy works good. Uh, we'll have nutrition um, uh, to help these patients to identify the triggers uh, for these migraines. Usually, uh, patients have uh, triggers such as uh, foot triggers, wine, and various other triggers, and every patient, they have their own type of triggers. Uh, it's, if we can identify and they avoid these triggers, then uh, they may not need the, that, that many medications they are taking. Um, we have menstrual uh, migraines, you know, in women uh, are associated to their menstrual cycle, so we, we can, uh, we'll have OBGYN, obstetrics and gynecology, help with hormone therapy uh, to control this and uh, various other things. And we'll have psychology department, uh, psychiatry uh, to help us with psychotherapy, group, group psychotherapy and relaxation techniques. So what we have here is one stop uh, for, our, uh, for our patients to see not just neurologists, but various other subspecialties to help uh, their headaches. So when you mention integrative medicine, of course, my radar goes up because the physician in charge of it, I'm absolutely in love with her, Dr. Kathleen Muller. She's amazing. And um, she's, she's working to put together a team so that so the services can be expanded regionally, which is very exciting because right. integrative medicine needs to be regional, needs to be focused in every market. And we're very excited about that. Um, and she has spoken to me about, you know, when she works with these chronic migraine patients or the patients that have all different types of headache disorders, whether it be attention headache, cluster headaches or whatever, but the the treatments that integrative medicine does in collaboration with um, the other specialties and the neurologists especially, that is the higher level of success when you're working together to come, kind of come at these things from all different directions. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it, 
It's good that you brought her name. I just met her today, and we had. Oh, a I love her. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> So uh, we discussed various things and uh, especially collaborations, not just here at you know Hartford area, but also to expand to Waterbury and uh, Enfield areas. Right. Um, and uh, we'll be doing that soon. Um, we opened our integrative medicine uh, center here uh, just this week. It was closed uh, temporarily, but we have it up and running now. Yeah, she finally has um, her staff, so that's good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she's expanding, and I think for neurology, it's going to be a good, uh, good thing. It's definitely. And, you know, women, a lot of women do get migraines. I know men do, too, but a lot of women do get migraines. And women are very into integrative medicine. And I think Mm. this is a huge win for us because we are the consumers of healthcare. So we'll direct our spouses and our loved ones into the right direction. And um, having that team put together with the specialists that we have, I think, is absolutely incredible. And I know, Dr. Fatahi, that we also have... Um, Dr. Kazursky, who in your practice, Catherine Kazursky, she's been on with me before talking to me about migraines, and we're going to bring her back on. She's very interested in the treatment of migraines and does a lot out of the Middlebury office. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, this is this is an exciting uh, advancement as far as migraine and different treatment that we can provide for patients. So as Dr. Kumar said, you know, um, he met with her today, uh, uh, to have the integrated medicine at St. Francis, and um, we are meeting with her actually next month, and we'll be able to expand the same services here. And the best thing is going to be done at our local office, so basically no need for patients to travel around. And we'll be able to have uh, physical therapy as well as acupuncture and everything be offered in one location. It's going to be tremendous. I think that's so important because, you know, we... We talk a lot about the word regional comes out a lot in in everything that we do all day long. I think we hear regional, 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 and it's part of my daily conversation. And when I'm on the radio, I talk about regional and it's hard for people to understand what that means. But I think we're giving really good examples here tonight. You know, I mean, if we look at regional, it's giving us the availability to share best practices, share resources, provide the best care where patients are, and sometimes utilizing our sister hospitals, as you mentioned in Stroke Doc, when they have to retrieve a clot, using St. Francis or another hospital where that specialist happens to be. That is correct. That is correct. Instead of, you know, uh, the way that I sometimes explain to patients, I said the old model was, you send the patients all over the place for care. Now the care comes to you. We'll have the neurologist, we'll have the therapist at your local office. And right. that will help patients uh, to be able to get their care in a um, um, faster fashion with less of a headache. Yeah, so <laughs> to speak. <laughs> That's right. So, so we're very, very excited. There's a lot of a lot of things that are happening and moving, and with the energy that Dr. Kumar has been brought to the to our region, we can we are really excited to see all these things moving forward. Oh, he has a lot of energy. <laughs> That's right. You keep you keep me on my toes too, Doc, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. <laughs> now, Dr. Kumar, one thing, and because I I was talking to um, a physician today 
um, about it. And I and we were kind of looking at what the model is going to be and how we can actually expand these services um, outside of the physical location. But we talked a lot about the Women's Health Center at St. Francis. And um, it. I think the original name for it was the Comprehensive Women's Center. And basically, you know, a lot of the services you've described are going to be hopefully out of that center to be able to address these issues, which I think is incredible. But one of the things we talked about, which I think might be really exciting, is having the resources like Dr. Fatahi just mentioned, in the other areas and connecting women where they are and being able to offer it as a as a full regional program in many areas. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're, it's work in progress, and it takes a lot of work, as you know. Uh, but uh, we're going to get started here uh, to begin with. Uh, at St. Francis uh, uh, Comprehensive Women's Center, uh, as I was saying, one stop, five subspecialties, and um, uh, patients will have, they don't have to come back and drive every other week to see a different subspecialty, um, which is good, and which is what we aim to do, and which is what we are, that's the vision to expand uh, what we're going to have here to other markets and other hospitals and areas. That's, you know, and that's so exciting. You know, it's so exciting because I think as I've as I've learned more about physicians in our 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 market, in our region, you know, Hartford and Mercy, I have learned best practices. And it's so exciting to me to be able to have pulled the best resources together to be able to provide people with the best care possible. And again, where we are and and when they need it. Now, you know, I would I would say to you that, you know, Dr. Fatahi, that is this vision that we've brought together? Was this a longtime dream of yours? Yes, absolutely. But as um, all the proper visions they have to do, they have to adapt to the situation and to the resources, right? Right. So I'm very happy to see that this is happening now. And I'm very happy to have all the key players and the people that we, we were able to bring together for this. And there's, this is just the beginning, uh, Robin. This is just we're scratching the surface. There are many things that are going to come which hopefully next year we may discuss by then. But, uh, but yes, this is absolutely, it's been a long term coming, and I'm very happy to see that the leadership has been able to support us, as well as the community, uh, not only the physicians in the community, but also the patients to basically have been able to honor us, to be able to get to this point and be able to offer these services locally. So... One of the things that, you know, when when I look to this, I'm thinking, you know, you can't really do this if you're independent, right? So, which is why you become part of a system. That's right. Because you have the support of so many people. Do you think that's, that's right. how we were able to attract some of these physicians to be part of it, knowing that you had this support of a larger system to put this program together? Oh, yes. You know, with the ever-changing landscape as far as the insurance companies and as far as the guidelines to the Medicare, Medicare, it is a full-time job just to try to keep track of those things. Oh, so absolutely. We really don't have the time and the resources to be able to do more than that. So one of the uh, great things that happened once we joined Trinity was us being able to tap into the resources and talented 
people at uh, Trinity, and you know, one of them being you, Robin, honestly. So this has been help us and guide us to what we need to do and be able to attract other physicians, other talents, to be able to bring them all in, under one umbrella. And I have to say this, that, you know, as you, as you just noticed, Dr. Kumar, he has excellent bedside manner. He, and he's a very talented physician, but also a forward thinker. Yes. You will get to meet all of the new neurologists. One of the things, the key things for me was when we hired people was, are you a person that I can feel comfortable with, right? right. If, if, if a person uh, is very smart, a neurologist is absolutely smart, but if he doesn't, is not able to communicate, is not having a good side, bedside manner with the patient, that treatment, no matter how great it is, it will fail. It won't work. And for us to be able to help patients, we, are, we not only need the top talent, but also we need people who are passionate and people who are or who like to help other individuals. And Absolutely. I'm very, very happy to see that this is a pool of individuals that we're able to, to, to basically have under, under the Trinity umbrella. Absolutely. And it's definitely, as I said earlier in the program, it is one of the top referrals that my physicians need to get patients into. That's right. You know, because honestly, I feel as though I always call my primary care docs the quarterbacks of care because, you know, they know the patient best. But I honestly feel that the next stop is to neurologists. And you guys are also, you might be the, the assistant quarterback off the bench because you guys have to navigate so many different things because when a, when a physician sees a patient with these multiple complaints, I think their first stop is neurology. Yes, and it's so interesting that you said that, you know, we work very well with the primary care doctors. You know, locally, almost all of them, they have our cell phones. So if they're worried about a patient, they know. They'll send me a text and we'll get on the phone. We'll, we'll talk regarding that patient and get that patient taken care of right away. So it's such an important thing to have good collaboration, not only among the neurologists, but also among the primary care doctor and different specialists, honestly, throughout the health of New England. Yeah, so we absolutely. We're very, very lucky to have such a great uh, work environment. Absolutely. So, Dr. Kumar, I'm going to, I want to um, close with you, and then I'm going to close with Dr. Fatahi because we're getting close to the end. If if I had you do a closing right here, what is one of the things you'd like to share as your as your long term vision for this program and um, and, and maybe, you know, to leave patients with something. Sure. Uh, no, thanks, Robin, for this. Um, definitely, um, w- one thing I want to bring up. Um, so I started my practice here at St. Francis, and I used to um, get patients from um, Waterbury and uh, Enfield area. And um, I had like a couple of patients, pregnant ladies, um, almost eight months, nine months into pregnancy. Uh, they used to drive 45 minutes from Waterbury or Enfield area. And um, I was, this is not okay. Uh, they don't need to travel 45 minutes to see uh, a provider for a neurology or a neurologist. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to go down uh, once a week to Waterbury or uh, up north to Enfield area. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will avoid 10 or 15 patients driving to me a day. So wow. that's my vision to expand epilepsy throughout the region. Um, and as you all know, um, uh, and uh, Waterbury area, uh, especially for epilepsy, 
epileptologist and a neurologist trained in epilepsy, uh, we don't we don't have many, uh, and uh, it's it's something we all need. Is what I've been uh, hearing, especially wow. from meeting our PCPs, and that's the vision to expand epilepsy uh, services, EEG services, uh, and also um, to build a comprehensive epilepsy center um, where we'll have surgeries or we can do surgeries uh, for. Uh, difficult epilepsy patients uh, when we have difficulties controlling uh, them on the medications and that's the goal uh, to build a, a comprehensive uh, level four uh, epilepsy center that's for the excellent region. Thank you, Doc, so much. And I want to make sure that everyone knows to uh, learn more about Dr. Kumar. Please feel free to go on our website, trinityhealthofne.org, and you could put in Dr. Kumar's name. And he is at 1000 Asylum Avenue, Suite 2112. And the phone number there is 860-522-3711. And okay, Dr. Fatahi, we've got three minutes. Give me a good closing. Uh, I cannot top what Dr. Kumar said, uh, but, <laughs> but you know that that uh, speaks to uh, the individuals that we 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 have, and and we are we are very honored to have them as part of the Trinity Health of New England, and and you know he gave you a very good example of what a center of epilepsy will look like um, in Trinity. We're going to have the same thing for other condition movement disorder neuromuscular we already have it for ms and we're just starting you know we will have uh, hopefully a dementia center um in the next um, year or so wow you know this is an area that um, there are new researchers are coming out there's not a medication just yet but stay tuned it will happen this is this 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 disorder will be able to really manage it uh, better than what we are able to do right now so we're looking forward to the future and the health of our patients. And in both of your hands, I think we are well on our way. So I want to thank you both for joining us. And um, Dr. Fatahi, by the way, please go onto our website again, trinityhealthofne.org, and put in Dr. Fatahi. He's at 1579 Street Turnpike, Suite 2A in Middlebury, and the phone number 203-758-8995. And give him a little chance because he just went live on our our healthcare record epic. <laughs> so I wish you luck with that, Dr. Fatahi. <laughs> It'll be wonderful once you're there, I promise. So thank you both again for joining me. It was an absolute honor, and I want the right to be able to bring you back. Robin, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. For thank you. Us. Thanks, Doc. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night. Uh, good evening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, um, for joining us tonight. I think that you probably got an incredible information out of that. And certainly go on our website, trinityhealthofne.org. Um, and that is our website for St. Mary, St. Francis, Mercy, Johnson Memorial, Mount Sinai. So if you're on trinityhealthofne.org, you will find everything within our system. And um, again, this is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, Trinity Health of New England. Have an incredible week and a great weekend coming up. It should be sunny. Take care.